everybody on this road is awesome. But, but everything is awesome. You know? But, but, Megan, listen to me. Um, 14 years old, there was a young girl, Natalia. You know Natalia? She, she was working for us. Um, she just graduated this past year. She's a month to the ministry. Um, she leads every week. She leads our church um, twice a month. She leads at our, at our conference that we go to. Have you ever been to our conference before? Are you going to come this year? Are you coming this year? I want to introduce you to her. And I'm very, very pleased about this. But I will forget. And so you need to remind me. Because... I was 14 when we first started having the meeting. Because I remember, I a totally side note, but I remember at camp one time, I, I said, felt like God, like, you know, God is always speaking verbally when you hear this, hey, you know, like, it's like, yo, smucker, you know? And like, sometimes you just, you just have this feeling, like, where God's sensing, like, yeah, you're supposed to do that. And I just felt like, I'm supposed to allow Natalia to, to trust her and release her with responsibility. And I've found over the years that in, in regards to leadership, there's nothing more valuable I can develop somebody than to trust them and release responsibility and then to coach them through that process. And and you're doing that with her. And she's going to be a phenomenal um, worship leader one day. And I mean, you already are. Um, but it's awesome what God's going to do in your life and how He's going to use you. Um, but yeah, that's Jesus insisted that his disciples 
sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. I'm going to sound like a horror movie for a moment. It's all about us. It's really weird. And uh, <laughs> he went up into the hills all by himself to pray. Sometimes we just need to get away by ourselves just to pray, especially in today's world. It seems like all part of your generation. Like, you know, you just go, go, go. And when we are by ourselves, we oftentimes like pull out our phone, check out Instagram, you know, or Twitter, or Facebook, or whatever, you know. And, and sometimes you just gotta be alone with God and pray. Because night fell while he was there alone. 24. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. Everybody say trouble. Trouble, trouble, trouble. They were in trouble with Miley Cyrus, far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Hashtag, what? I mean, put yourself in the disciples' shoes here for just a moment. Like, you're on that boat, three o'clock in the morning, waves, wind, storm, trouble, 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 and you see this guy walking towards you on the water. Like, that's a horror movie. Yeah, like, that's right there. Like, that's it. Like, what is this dude doing? It says in, in verse 26 that when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm terrified for them. In their fear, they cry out, It's, it's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I'm here. You know, about a year ago, my wife and I were kind of going through some stuff that she was pregnant not, not quite a year ago. And uh, we had some, some there was some concerns the doctors had about, about the pregnancy. She was totally healthy. But some concerns. And uh, I put that, put that verse, put that verse on my mirror in my bathroom. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Him out, and he's like, you 
that something is so real, but then later you realize it's not. Like, put yourself like younger. You're, you're, you're six years old again, and you are convinced that there is such a thing as this fairy who comes into your bedroom as you place the tooth underneath your pillow, and they take that tooth to God knows where, tooth land, and and they exchange it with with money. And if you had a really good fairy, it was like a dollar bill. If you had like a not so good fairy, it was like a quarter. You know, like that's what mine was. And like I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't even want a quarter. I don't want this quarter. Like, take this away. You know. And uh, but you, and then at some point in your life, you realize this fairy is not real. You know. Or like you're thinking, there's this giant man who's going to slip down my chimney and give me gifts. Like, and then at a certain point in life, Santa Claus, oh, he's, he's not actually, like you are so convinced that something is real, and then later you find out that it's not. I, I can remember 10 years ago, I went on a three and a half, three and a half month long mission trip to India. I just wanted to do something crazy. Just graduated from college, and I was like, I just want to do something nuts. Single. I'm like, I got time. I got, I got my whole life ahead of me. I'm gonna put it on pause for a moment. I just gonna go someplace crazy. I talked to my pastor. I'm like, where's like the craziest place I can go to? He says, Well, you can go to Guatemala. We have some mysteries down there. You can stay there. I'm like, no, no, no. Like crazy. Like I've heard too, too many people I know going to Guatemala. I want to go someplace that nobody goes. Like, you can go to India. Like, people die there. I'm like, that's where I want to go. I'm 20. Send me to the place. I might die, you know? And, um, and so I go to, I go on this trip to India, and I flew out of Philadelphia, I flew over to Germany, it was an 11-hour flight, and then I flew about a 12-hour flight after a four-hour layover down to Bangalore, India, and then I took a bus ride from Bangalore, India, down to the very southern tip of India, and it's kind of like a triangle, and then down the bottom, to a little village called Wayakata, and so... It's about a two-and-a-half-hour bus ride south. So, all in all, I'm traveling for more than a day's journey. So, needless to say, I'm really tired. I'm on the other side of the world at this point. I went all by myself. I did not know anybody. I didn't travel with anybody. I didn't know what people who were going to pick me up from the airport even looked like. And so, I get there, like, holding a sign that I could barely read because their handwriting was so bad. And it said, Mr. Bucker on it. And I was like, that's my dad. I don't know who what do you mean? Jordan. Call me Jordan. Okay, so, so I get there and, and, and I arrive sometime in the afternoon. It's summertime. It's incredibly hot. It's like over 100 degrees. Even at night, like it only gets down to about mid to upper 70s. And I'm like, I just need to go to bed. I just need like 15 hours of sleep. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be fine. So they drop me off in my room. I'm staying like this little, this little hut thing that's on this mission base with 400 other Indian students with the Bible school, and um, as I'm there, I'm beginning to unpack my stuff and just get ready to go to bed, and the room that I'm staying is about 8 feet by 8 feet, it's pretty, pretty cramped, and the bed that I'm sleeping on is like an oversized coffee table, and it's hard as a coffee table, and, and, and so uh, just, before I, just before I lay down and go to sleep, um, there's this, there's this guy that knocks on my door, this little Indian guy. And, and he says, uh, this is this is Makasa? And best Indian accent I got right there. And he's like, this is I wanted to warn you, like, do not turn on your, your fan. Like, my, 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 it's kind of hot. Can I ask why? He's like, do you 
open. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mouth wide open kind of a sleeper. Like, why? Like, cool. Like, my wife makes fun of me. She's like, shut your mouth, you know? And it's like, all sorts of things. It's like, you know, the average person eats three spiders a year. Like, I swear you eat 30, you know? And, and so I'm like, okay, metal fan, bats, you got it, bud. Deal. Like, I am, I am not going to be, no, that's not me. And so, so needless to say, I'm like consciously aware of the fact that at any given moment, there might be a bat that comes through. Welcome, everybody. We love you. We are so glad you made it through the traffic. And so as I'm, as I'm beginning to lay down and go to sleep, I'm like praying and asking God to like, protect me from these bats. And I'm convinced they're probably like vampire bats. And then so, so I, begin to, I begin to kind of fall asleep. And that night I did not sleep very good. Again, I'm like now at this point subconsciously thinking about these bats coming into my room and breaking through the ceiling tile and and so, as I'm, as I'm beginning to fall asleep, at a certain point in the night, I begin to feel underneath my sheet, underneath my blanket, I begin to feel something. Like, hitting, so I'm kind of like in that in-between stage, you know what I'm talking about? Where you're kind of asleep, but like you're, you're kind of not. And I'm sitting like, oh. Oh, 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 oh. oh, I wake up, now it is pitch black in my room. I can't see a thing. And I realize there is something in my room that's trying to eat my organs or something, like a small intestine. I don't know what it was after. The kidneys. Or, I don't know what it enjoys, but it was trying to, it's underneath my, it's like jump out of my bed and I'm frantically searching for the light switch and I can't remember for the life of me where the switch was. And so I'm looking all on the truck and I'm shoving my toes on stuff and like, like literally my knee was cut on the side of my coffee table bed and, and I'm like looking but and again I feel this thing hit me in the stomach harder this time and I'm like bam and I hear it again finally I find the light switch and I am searching everywhere in my room which is not really that big and I'm throwing stuff out of my suitcase and I'm looking underneath my coffee table and I'm and then I I can't find anything until at a certain point I, I realized that, that my arm from my shoulder to the tip of my finger is it's completely numb, totally asleep. And I've been sleeping on this side of my face. I had no feeling and, and I had no control either. I noticed that my hand is completely black and blue. All over. True story. All over. And I feel this hand hitting me in the stomach. Thinking it's a bat. I'm like in my room frantically trying to find this thing and rip its wings off, you know? And like things beyond like, I'm a survivor! Like, I'm not going down like that, you know? Whole time it's my hand. I was so convinced there was a bat in my room, and all the while it was just me. You know, sometimes I think of, I think that's kind of how we all consider our faith. Like, I've seen so many people who, who they are so uninspired for God. I mean, they're so crazy. 
decision has veered off course, and I've changed how I believe. Because it's too difficult to change how I behave. I didn't want to confess my sin. I didn't want anybody to know about it. So I just began to run, run from my problem. But that leads to scattered faith. Same kind of faith is a faith that we call circumstantial faith. Now this is the this is what Peter did. This would be what we would call little faith. Now we would define circumstantial faith as our ability or our inability to interpret the events that happen to us. Our ability or our inability to interpret the events that happen to us. For example, um, we don't study. Uh, we don't ask for help. We don't take any notes at school. And test day is tomorrow. So we lay our heads on the pillow at night and say, Hey God, I need an egg. So give me that egg. And Jesus, my name is Amen. We go take that test the next day. We get it back the day after. Jesus, we just saw you feed 5,000 people with a couple of fish and a couple of loaves. 
out of that. Come on, I'm going to try again. Come on. If I keep knocking, if I keep speaking, if I keep... Oh, no, come on, Jesus. I need a sign. I need a sign. Okay, Lord, if you really love me, then the next girl that walks through that door, she's going to be mine. She's my girl. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, Lord, door number two, Jesus. Door number two. Like, I need a sign. I need a sign. But not that sign. I need a different sign, you know? We're always asking God for these
had overcome some major fears. The storm, the wind, the waves. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, defines faith like this. It says that faith is the reality or the truth of what is hoped for. It's the proof of the things that we can't see. Our abject, the proof of the things that we can't feel. The proof of the things that we can't always hear. The proof of the things that we can't always taste.
says I look like than what 17 says I look like. I'm trusting more in what the Word says than what MC. I'm trusting in what God has spoken over me. So if He says that you're healed, but don't feel like you're healed, you trust that you're healed. So if He says, man, hey, uh, you're going to be all right. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. And you feel kind of lonely. Your parents are going through a divorce, or they're separated, or you can see fighting all the time, and you're just stuck in your room. You don't got to be afraid. You don't got to feel alone.
naturally stronger than the previous time, and you're not going to do the same thing you did the last time. When your faith is in Jesus, you walk. And when you become distracted, you will sin. When your faith rests in Jesus, and not your ability to figure it all out, you will succeed. But if we turn our eyes off of Jesus, we'll begin to sin. When our faith is in God's Word, we'll, we'll succeed. But if our faith is in the Word, other people have spoken about us, we'll begin to sing. Good news. 
are actually growing stronger. Jesus, I thank you for the courage of these people. For tonight, as they raise their hand, God, thank you. Thank you. Every time you lift your hands, you know, and your hands surrender, sound of surrender to hear everybody here. That's close. Continue to worship him. Jesus, we love you. God, you're worthy. Come on, young people. Worship him with your mouth. Goodness. Say, Jordan, I don't know what to say. Just tell him you love him. Tell him how great he is. Jesus. Oh, we're so thankful for your presence. We know that you inhabit the praises of your people. That your presence drives out fear. Your presence drives out intimidation. Your presence drives out depression. Your presence drives out pain and insecurity. Oh, your, your presence drives out fear. 